Hey, y'all. Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm your host, Hope Cook. I created this podcast to help women who have amazing careers on paper and yet something is missing. You're feeling out of alignment or directionless. Maybe you're no longer motivated or excited about how you spend your days. On top of all that, I'm guessing you feel guilty because you're not more grateful for your job. And maybe you even wonder how you can possibly keep going doing this for another 10, 15, or 20 years when you can barely make it through Wednesday. Let me tell you, I've been there. After 20 years with a rewarding career as a physician assistant, I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I felt pulled in a new direction, but didn't know what that was. A series of books and conversations led me to a life-changing decision to cut way back on my day job and become a life coach. My passion became helping other women figure out what it is they want to do and map out a path to get there. So listen weekly for tips and tools you can use to chart your own journey. If you missed group coaching, don't worry. I'm sure it'll come around again in 2023, but I'm still doing one-on-one coaching. Not as much. So if you would like to Uh, have one-on-one private coaching with me, please reach out. Um, I am working on a couple of exciting, very big projects. So these are going to take a big chunk of my time and I am so excited about it, but it means that I also have to sort of guard my time and I'm not going to be able to um, squeeze as many people in for coaching. So if you want to coach, reach out and we will have an exploratory conversation and see if we're a good fit. You can get me on, probably email's the best, hope.cook at gmail.com. I wanted to start today by telling y'all about our dog. And before you turn it off, if you're not a dog person, just wait, because I would never in a million years have described myself as a dog person. And I'm still not entirely sure that I am, but we got a dog and I really like her. I don't know I don't, love is a very strong word. I don't take that lightly. So my husband says he already loves the dog. And uh, that surprised me because he was the one who didn't want a dog. Um, Okay, here we go. I started thinking about getting a dog thanks to my daughter, who's almost 11. And y'all, she manifested this dog. I don't know how you, if you believe in manifesting, but um, she started, I call it planting seeds in my subconscious years ago and she would point out all the dogs and she would you know put on the happiest face when she was around dogs and she would talk about what she wanted to name her dog i told y'all she had a folder titled operation get a dog and in my newsletter i put um, a letter that she wrote us about all the reasons she wanted a dog and why the cat would probably be best friends with the dog which hasn't happened yet but And so I slowly became more open to the idea. I started noticing dogs. I started thinking, well, if we did have a dog, which we're not getting one, I would probably want this kind. Or I would notice this guy jogging down the street with his dog and I would think, huh, that looks pretty fun. And I also noticed how he had a big dog and the bigger the dog, the bigger the bag of poop. I mean, his bag of poop looks like he's carrying a sack of apples. So that was something I filed away. Don't want a huge dog. 
Um, when we would go over to friends' houses, I would notice like, is there hair on the carpet everywhere? Is there a smell? Does it smell like dogs? Um, and just started noticing these things. So if this is, and this episode's not about dogs, this is what I've learned about life from having a dog for a few weeks. So if there's something that you're, that's niggling at your brain, that's just kind of poking you, you're thinking, I mean, I could write a book. I could move to Maine. I could hike the Appalachian Trail. You know, all these things that at first they seem so far-fetched. They seem like they're a million miles away. Like, no, that's not what I would do. I would never do that. That's not me. But then they keep coming back and they sound less and less outrageous. Then um, I want you to pay attention to that because it could be something that's trying to wiggle its way into your into your life. You know, you've all heard or seen the rom-coms about the guy who's like the total dork and the pretty girl's like, oh, I would never date him. But then slowly as the movie progresses, she's like, he's amazing, you know, and then pretty soon by the end of the movie, they're together. So this is sort of what happened with the dog. <laughs> Not that the dog is the dork, but anyway. All right. So that was that was sort of the first lesson, but I'm going to call this number one. The first thing is that we all have flaws. And my daughter pointed this out when we kept looking at shelter dog after shelter dog and I would find something wrong with each one. And she said, Mama, nobody's perfect. Like we all have stuff wrong with us. We all have issues. And it's true. We looked at this dog named Callie and you would think by the description they gave me over the phone that this was the perfect dog, that she's good with kids. She doesn't mind sitting on the sofa. We don't let our dog sit on the sofa, but she will also walk. She's um, calm. She gets along with cats. She has short hair. She's um, not that big, like 30 pounds. So I was like, all right, this is our dog. So I load up my daughter. We go look at this dog. Her name's Callie, and she is the saddest dog. Like, she was just, I don't know if she was a hound dog or a beagle. I think she was a beagle. But she just would barely get off the floor and made no effort to come near us, wanted to move away if we tried to pet her. And the owner or the lady who's fostering her was like, oh, she's a wonderful dog. But she was not the best dog for us. So she may be a good dog for somebody, but we wanted a dog with more energy. So then along came our dog. Her name was Lila. We renamed her Samantha, which is a whole nother thing to get used to when you name a dog a gender neutral name. You, you call it he all the time by mistake. But anyway, so I saw this peppy little black and white dog. Half her face is black, half of it's white. And she looked smiley. She looked like she was happy. She was wagging her tail. And she was about 35 pounds. She was a year old. And so I thought, oh, she's the perfect dog. Well, she has her flaws, y'all. She has heartworms. So we're treating her for that, which means we can't get her heart rate up for, I don't know, three or four months. Um, we have to take her back and forth for treatments and give her medicine every day. So she definitely has issues. The biggest issue is her energy. She's a blue heel, yeah, blue healer collie mix. In fact, she's trying to, there she is right now, that rascal. Um, so she has a lot of energy. If you hear some noise, she, you can leave her. 
And so anyway, she has a lot of energy. We're getting used to that. There are trade-offs to everything. So if you see somebody who looks like they have the perfect existence, I can guarantee you they have their flaws. Um, number two, our messes look better with a little time, a little distance and a little time. And what I mean by this is when our dog goes to the bathroom in the yard, at first I would try to pick up every clump immediately and realize that this was like the messiest time to deal with the mess. Won't go into detail, but it's much better if you leave it for a day or two and then try to pick up the mess. So this is same thing with our lives. When we have something that goes wrong that day, you want to like wallow in it and just like bathe yourself in the mess and get so obsessed with it and talk about it and call people about it. But it's really so much easier to clean up if you can leave it for a day or two. Really, y'all, it is. Whether you're fighting with your spouse, your in-law says something, your best friend makes a comment, it's always better if you can just leave it for a day or two and then go back and deal with it. Number three, short-term regret versus the short-term regret of taking, oh, what am I trying to say? Basically, when you take a leap, when you take a leap, at first you are going to have um, a lot of doubt, a lot of questions. The doubt monster is going to jump on your back and make you think, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Why did I do this? I think this with every every leap I take, whether it's a big one or a little one, I'll have a day or a few days, sometimes a few weeks where I'm like, oh crap. What was I thinking? Um, especially if it involves your career. So when you leave one job, whether you take a break or start a new job, you're going to have this period where you're like, maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe, maybe I should have stayed. Okay, this is what we were dealing with with the dog. I wanted to send the dog back. She had two accidents on the floor and it, yeah. She also, in my car, my new car, and I was ready to send her back. I said, I think she would be better off living with a farmer who has sheep and can let her roam outside all day. You're going to want to backtrack, backpedal when you make a leap, but hang in there. I mean, give it a few weeks, give it a month. It's been, I guess it's been almost a month since we've had her. And at this point, I don't think I could give her back. Um, she's ours, even though we're fostering to adopt because she has heartworms. So we haven't officially adopted her, but we will. All right. Number four, there is nothing like a dog or a small child to make you fully present because you can't ignore them. I don't know if you've tried. I had never tried because I've never had a dog, but even being on my laptop, she will find a way to work her head into my lap. And that wet nose, you know, she'll find my fingers and touch her wet nose to my fingers. And it is almost impossible to not pay attention to like what is going on right now when she's in the room. Um, kids are the same way. Like if you have a two-year-old or a baby at home, they're going to snap you back to the present moment. And you need this in your life. So you might want to get a pet or a small child if you're kind of letting the years fly by and more concerned with your to-do list than like being present in the present moment. 
it's hard at first, but you you won't regret it in the long run. Because you, do you ever have those moments like at a wedding or funeral where you kind of blink your eyes and you're like, crap, this is my life and it's going by so fast, or maybe it's a graduation. This is what happens to us. So if you have something like a dog who can just constantly like make you snap out of it, that's going to help you. The number five is we all want to be seen. So we hired a trainer, a dog trainer. She's been once. And the first thing she taught us was when a dog looks at you, it's a sign of trust. When it's when they make eye contact, it's a sign of trust. And so our first trick we taught the dog was look at me. And then we would give the dog a treat. So it's sort of like people. We all want to be seen. And if think about the people in your life who are causing friction. It could be a coworker, it could be a family member. Think about that person. And deep down, I swear this is true, they just want to be seen. Even if they're the biggest douchebag in the world, that's their their deepest desire is they want to be seen. They want you to like see them. Um we had another dog we almost adopted. Well, we, it was just me. I went by myself this time to the shelter and the dog's name was Maverick. Maverick had been in the kennel for months and all her kennel mates had been adopted because she was part of a hoarding situation. But anyway, she was the last one out of 35 dogs to get adopted. And her cellmate was Goose and Goose had already been adopted. They named him after Top Gun. Um, so I, Maverick was a beautiful dog and I felt really bad for her, but she would not make eye contact. She didn't want to be seen at this. I mean, maybe she did want to be seen, but she didn't want to be seen by me. So she had a lot of issues and she wouldn't even like, I've never seen a dog turn their back to me, um, to avoid interaction. And so that dog really needed a home, but it wasn't the right fit for us. So even though I felt super sorry for the dog, I did find out later that Maverick got adopted and the dog who was in her, um, I keep calling it a cell, but the dog who was in her, um, her whatever crate, I don't know what the word is. So anyway, she got adopted too. All right, let's see. Number six. Oh, gosh, y'all, making friends with other dogs. I don't know that we have many friends yet um, who are dogs because uh, Sam likes to bark and she likes. To, here's what I've learned. I thought she wanted to eat these other dogs. So I would pull on her collar and, you know, it would start choking her. It's not not like a I guess it's a choke collar, but it's not one that has like those spiky things that hurts the dog. It just like makes them pull away. Anyway, she would growl and show her teeth. And I thought she wanted to rip into the dogs, but the dog trainer said, it's like a, you know, you just have to get to know. She wants to get to know the other dogs. She wants to smell them. Um, we have these issues in our lives with other people. So when you first meet somebody, a lot of times it may feel like it's not a good fit and they they just rub you the wrong way. But if you can give it time, I bet you're going to see that their tail is wagging. This was such a bad one. This was such a, <laughs> sorry, let's mark this out. This was a lame example. But um, anyway, I do remember when my friend Hillary 
when my husband first met her husband, he said, we're going to go over and um, my friend Kevin invited me over. We're going to go hang out with Kevin and Hillary. And I was like, who is Hillary? You know, I don't want to go hang out with somebody I've never met before. And he's like, just trust me. They're, they're good people. And so we went over and she wasn't even there. So he, she was still at work. So she comes home from work and there are people, strangers in her house that her husband has invited over. And it, the first few minutes I was like, oh God, this is going to be a bad fit. Like, ooh, this is going to be a bad fit. But this has been years ago and we've vacationed with them and we hang out with them a lot. And I really... I'm glad I gave her a chance. So it's kind of like when you first meet somebody, if you feel like baring your teeth and growling or um, or if they're doing that, you get that sense. Just give it time. I bet y'all are going to smell each other's butts and it's all going to be fine. All right. Number seven. Have you ever seen a dog shake? Like they, they get into a growly contest with another dog or they get in trouble about something and then they do this vigorous shake. So I first heard about this in, I cannot think of her name, Emily Nagasaki, something like that. It's a book on burnout. And she talks about zebras and how when they are chased by a lion or their fellow zebra is eaten by a lion, they have this stress response. And then it, as soon as it's over, they shake it off. Their body vigorously shakes. Well, her trainer pointed this out when Sam um, met her for the first time. She's like, okay, new person. This is a little stressful. And then the dog just did this like full body shake. And she's like, okay, she's done with that stress response. That is so unlike how we deal with stress. We hold on to it. We wrap it around ourselves. We, you know, weave it around us and get so entangled in it when we're stressed. So think about how a dog deals with it. And this is, our nervous systems are set up to do this. Our brains are the thing that tell us, you need to hold on to this. What if this happens again? You need to remember this for the rest of your life. Don't forget this. But our bodies are designed to shake off that stress, to not remember that the lion just chased us and, you know, stay terrified for the rest of our zebra lives. I think that's all I have for y'all today. So I'll keep you posted on Sam. Don't worry. I'm not going to be one of those people who talks about her dog all the time, or at least I hope I'm not. Um, and like I said, she is getting along okay with the cat. We're a little worried, but so far they're both still alive. All right. I'll catch y'all next week. Oh, I have one other thing. If y'all miss having me interview people, reach out and let me know because you know, season three, I didn't interview a single person and it's it's a lot more efficient. But if you really miss that, I would like to bring in some people every now and then. Thank y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right. If you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. 
Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one coaching. Or maybe you just want to talk and and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com. And schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So see you next week. And hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.